thank you for checking out Faith City's podcast. We believe you'll be blessed by the Word of God today. We're going to get into a series we've been working on and, and going through called The Way of Love. And it's been really interesting, this, this way of love. Gary Malone and, and Peter Heist and I got together. We discussed this, and we said, hey, let's teach this together. So the first week, it was Peter and I both together kind of introducing the way of love and how it looks. And then Gary talked about love a couple weeks ago, the basis of everything really in our life, especially as believers. And then I was able to talk about last week relationships and how that looks. But just a quick recap, if this is your first time, we're talking about the way of love. And what we have here is just some diagrams I'll show you. Here's the way of love, right? This is what comes out of love. And on the other side, the opposite of love, sometimes we think it's hate, but really it's self. Because sometimes we can do things, even with good intentions, but it's all about ourselves. And so we talked about, for instance, relationships. Those should come naturally out of love. If, if it's not out of love, it's out of self, then it comes out from this side here, and it's called networking. What can I do to network with people to get me ahead or get me further in life? Nothing wrong with networking, but what is your motivation? And so on the side, this side of love, we see love, and we see these practices of relationship, service, and worship. And really, what is that? That's our focus. That's what we focus on. But see, if, if your relationships or your service or your worship don't come out of love, they come off, uh, off base. It's not right. So right here, this is where God starts out. In fact, I had a scripture verse I wanted to share with us in John chapter 13. Jesus said this in verse 34, let me give you a new command. And this is it. Love one another. Now, it seems simple, doesn't it? But his command is to love one another. And then he says, in the same way I loved you, you love one another. How did Jesus love us? One word, unconditional. You're like, how is that even possible, Pastor Andy? How is that even possible? It's not possible on your own. It's only possible when done through Jesus Christ, through your Father. And that's why 1 John 4.19 says this, that we love because he first loved us. He always initiates and we always respond. We can't forget that this love walk that we walk is because he initiated it. And he would love for you, especially if you're brand new in Christ, take some time here to measure the height and the width and the depth of his love. What does it really mean to you? How does he really feel about you? Does he really love you? In fact, does he like you? I'm here to say he loves and he likes you. You're his son. You're his daughter. So this relationship, this service, this worship, it should come out of love. If not, sometimes it starts to come out of self and we're working on uh, networking, our image, and then, oh, man, God forbid the worship now becomes works. What must I do to be okay with God? What must I do for him to love me more or bless me more or be closer to me? And he's here to say, I stick closer than a brother. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So then we get back over here and we're like, wow, so this is what we do. But then up here is God's focus. You know, growth comes from God. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit, the works that he's put in us beforehand so that we should walk in them are from him. So our growth comes from him. Even our outreach comes from God. We don't save anybody. But through this, this love relationship, when we come to this point, it's like, wow, it's a natural outflow of who we are to tell others about our dad, about our heavenly father, about a new way in Christ. And then what's it end up? DMD. We've said it before, it's not dumb and dumber. It's disciples making disciples or followers of Jesus 
making followers of Jesus. See, this whole cycle of love reciprocates, and you bring people along for the journey. Then they bring someone else along for the journey, and then they bring someone else along for the journey. It's beautiful. But here on South Side, what happens is we network. We get a good image. We work hard. We get a good reputation. We hit success, and at the top, the pinnacle is status. Look what I have accomplished. Look where I have put myself because of what I have done. And what's sad is up here, you're all by yourself. Over here, God's along for the whole ride, and you got others going with you, and it's a beautiful way to live life. So today, we want to continue in the series. We want to talk about love and how it looks when we do service out of love. So would you please give a warm welcome or the person sharing with us today, I'm so excited about this dear friend of mine, Peter Heist. Peter Heist. Hey. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to be the house of the Lord this morning. Can you believe that it's an hour earlier than we're used to functioning at this time? And I hope you're here. I'm here. I'm excited for this morning. You say, Peter, what's to get excited about? You're talking about service. And, uh, you know, relationships is a lot more exciting than service. (laughs) Nobody said amen to that. Worship, to me, is a lot more exciting than service. But I'd have to say, what's our point for service? Why do we serve? What's the reasoning reasoning for us serving? Is it the outcome that we are looking for? I want to start off by talking about birthdays. When you go to a birthday party, you usually take a birthday gift. What's your reasoning for giving that birthday gift? Is the reasoning that we have is to just love that person and give that gift out of love because I saw this gift three days ago. It reminded me of you, and I just want to give it to you. Or is our reasoning a little more self-motivated because if I give this gift to my friend, they are going to be obligated to give me a gift Of equal or lesser value, wait, wait, equal or greater value, thank you, on my birthday. So I'm going to lean a little harder over here because there's a reasoning that I'm bringing a birthday gift today. What is service? Where are we with service? Why do we serve and what's our reasoning? I hope to draw some conclusions on this today. I do look at service in this diagram that we've been uh, working with, and you can almost take it right out of here. Throw it on the floor. And I do think the pyramid would still stand structurally. I do think you could take it out. But why is it here? Why is it in the middle? Why is it above love? Is it what we do? These are questions I want to get to today and answers that I hope that the Father has for you. Are you excited? I'm excited. Would you pray with me? 
Father God, I thank you for this awesome day that we can wake up early and get in your presence. I thank you for your word, for your love, for your grace, for your goodness. I thank you for these people in our community that have come out to know you more, to know you better. Holy Spirit, be with us now, instill in us, and show us more of who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. We've been talking about this theme here, the way of love. And a, a word has been mentioned, and it's organic. Why is this organic? What makes what we do through love organic? Is it just the process of the natural thing and what we do? My question was, if we're stuck over here in self, and this is all we know, if you've been doing this for years, what's the difference? How is it that the process isn't the process over here? Do you understand what I'm saying? So if this is all you know, isn't it natural? Okay? If it's all you know, isn't it natural? Now, if you don't know that the food you're eating is sprayed with pesticides, what's the big deal? Following me? Okay? Now, us as... Humanity as a whole in society, we, we are taught, we are shown through everything we do in culture that if you're a good person and you do good things, then you will receive good things. Good things will come to you. But if you're a bad person that does bad things, then bad things will come to you. We don't see this intermingle too much. This is a visual demonstration that I thought of late last night. And I really wanted to do the two thumbs thumbs up for you. But we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about Jesus. Because I searched through people that do great acts of service. And I said, let me, let me, you know, let me bring to the community some awesome representations of people that serve. Now, we have all these acts of service that are astounding. But, you know, in all honesty, I had a struggle because every person I came in contact with, learning about them, I found out that they have issues they had faults. They had, they had areas in their life that were not okay. They had gaps. So I had to turn to Jesus. I had to turn to the Bible. I had to turn to the good book to get a good representation of service. What makes service through love the right and the correct way? If you would turn with me to John chapter 13. Man, Pastor, when you got up this morning and uh, you're like, I'm going to read a scripture. Let's turn to John 13. I was like, oh, wow. Pastor hit on John 13 and, and I was like, wow, this is the Holy Spirit. 
let's go with this. I am reading out of the Message Bible. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron, and the disciples were freaking out because he's the master not the servant. This didn't set well with them. But I want to back up a couple days, because as you know the story, this takes place on a Thursday. We're going to back up to Monday and look at Jesus' week and what had happened, because he knows that on Friday, it's it. This is it, Friday. Judas will betray me. I will be judged found guilty, be beaten for all mankind. He knows this is Friday. So on Monday, what happens on Monday? Jesus wakes up. I don't know what time of the day, but he makes his way to the temple. This is where he overturns the tables and met with confrontation in the house of the Lord. Tuesday. Tuesday, he's met with Pharisees and religious leaders that strike up a huge argument. Confrontation to the max. Wednesday, there's no record of what happened Wednesday. I do believe the disciples and anyone that had anything to do with Jesus were in hiding because of Tuesday's argument and the concern. So here we are, Thursday. It's now Thursday evening, the supper in the upper room was so secretive that they said, how, how will I find the house? The directions were, it was like, it was like CSI. The directions were, you, you have to, uh, when you enter the city, you will see a man carrying a water can. Oh, really? Follow the man to the house, okay? Go into the house and talk to the house owner and say, where is the room above? And they will lead you up to the upper room where the supper, the last supper, can be prepared. So I can just see Jesus chilling in, the, in this upper room as dinner, everything happens. As it's being prepared, it's coming out. Jewish custom, they just start eating. Everybody starts eating. The the people are still coming in because they couldn't all come in a mass of 12, 13. They couldn't all come. They couldn't make it to the upper room. So they're coming and they're trickling into the house one at a time to be inconspicuous. Are you following me? So they're getting there. Everybody's coming in one at a time. They're already starting to eat. You know, they're just, it says in the Gospel of Luke how excited Jesus was for this meal. He was so excited because this is the last meal that he'll have with his bros, with the dudes. 
and he loved them so much. This is the last meal. He really looked forward to this. But it also says in Luke's gospel that an argument broke out. Go figure. The disciples, Jesus is chilling, enjoying himself, enjoying the guys, and an argument broke out between the disciples. It's like, what, what's the problem here? Well, they started arguing on who's the greatest. Who's the greatest? They're going back and forth. And Jesus is you know, chewing on a chicken bone or something and, and, and you know, wanting to enjoy it. And they're all freaking out. Everybody starts getting loud. John says, well, I'm the greatest. He, he said he loves me you know, more, you know, uh, the best. You know, and, and everybody's pleading their case. So I see Jesus stand up. You see him walk over to the door. Where This is my, my opinion. Grabs the water, pours it into the basin. Now, I'm sure in Jewish customs, there's a basin for foot washing. Foot washing in this custom is like, if you were to come to my house today, and I met you at the door, I would say, can I take your coat? Would you like a beverage? Would you like something to drink? This, this is common courtesy. Common courtesy back then is you were met at the door with a kiss on the cheek and a servant washed your feet. Because throughout the whole day, you walked. You didn't ride in your BMW or your Chevrolet and you know get to places. You walked. So you had dirty feet at this time. You walked into the house, either put one foot, two foot, stood in the basin as they washed. You stepped out. They dried as you're talking to the homeowner. And then you went into the house with clean feet. So I just see Jesus pour water into the basin as the guys are arguing. Because he's already told them who's the greatest. He, he, he says to himself, we've already discussed this. But, like children, I will tell you again and again and again. And if you're my kids, and again and again. And two days later. So he pours the water. He pours the water, and I like to think that he steps back. <laughs> and the discussion slowly gets quiet, and they realize that there's water in the foot basin. <laughs> Peter, loud mouth Peter, I just see him open his mouth. I ain't doing it. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest. I ain't doing it. Mark, no, I ain't doing it. Matthew, mm-mm, mm-mm. And Thomas? I doubt I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, uh, Judas, there ain't enough money in this room for me to do it. I'm just, just, yeah, Christian jokes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Jesus takes off his outer robe, puts on the servant towel, and begins to wash their feet. Peter has an issue with this. Master, you're not washing my feet. Plain as day. You're not washing my feet. Jesus says something very important. He says, if you don't let me clean you, then you can't be a part of what I'm doing. Why is it every time I get emotional when I talk about Jesus? I don't know. It's all good. Jesus says, if you don't let me clean you, You won't have a part of what I'm doing. 
So finally, Peter says, well, I want a part of what you're doing, so I will allow it even though I'm in a disagreement with it. The story is nice, but there's a key to this story that I believe I've overlooked for years. And I want to rewind and go back to verse 3 and find out, why does Jesus serve? Why is he doing this? Why is he showing the guys how much he loves them through serving? Why is it? And in verse 3, Jesus knew. There it is. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything. That he came from God and was on his way back to God. My question to you today, do you know who you are? The cat just came out the bag, people. Because if you know who you are, then this process is natural. But if you don't know who you are, you are searching to find yourself. You might struggle your whole life looking for yourself. Jesus knew who he was. He knew why he was there. He knew what the Father had sent him to do. He knew he was dying tomorrow. Yet he took time to love the guys. I'm going to serve you. This became the natural, organic process. I, one thing that I've always loved about Faith City is we are a new creation when we say yes to Jesus. And this is taught so much, but I think it's so vital for us as believers. When us as believers realize who we are through Christ, there's no holding you back from the potential that God has put in you. And here at Faith City, we talk about that a lot, and I love that. One of the biggest things that opened myself up to the understanding of the Father's love is righteousness. Here we are. We're back at it as humanity. <laughs> Follow me. Jesus, doing only good, took on. He took on what was bad so that you and I being only bad, can receive his goodness. This is righteousness in its whole. This is righteousness. If I break it down, throughout the year, the common folk would bring their offering to the temple. The priest would look over the temple through the custom Look over it, make sure that it was good, clean, pure, and perfect. Sacrifice. Here's the transference. The priest would say, okay, it's good. 
the common folk would lay their hands on the sacrifice and confess their sins. Their sins, their impurity would go onto the sacrifice. The priest would take it to the altar, slay it, lay it up, and it would be burnt. And they would go off for another year walking in that pureness. Now Jesus, Jesus was that pureness that did nothing wrong, yet took on all that was wrong and sacrificed it for us. This is the righteousness. This is the act of what Jesus had done for us. He took on all that so that we being dirty can now live. Say, what's that have to do with service? What, where are we? If you know who you are, then you're not trying to find your identity. Amen? Last week, we had the expo. It was awesome. We had awesome things here at Faith City. We had great things to do. We had lots of people there, lots of volunteers, people that came into our booths and out of our booths. I was really blown away by one thing that I heard the whole weekend that I was there. I asked this couple, how are they, where are they, what are they doing, just to get to know them a little more. And they said to me, they said, we're looking for a church that meets our needs. I said, okay, yeah, that's great. I really didn't know what to say because if we as Christians are looking, this might get hard, so pull your toes in so they don't get hit by the hammer, you know what I'm saying? If we as Christians are looking for a church that meets your needs, I think we're missing it. Come on, don't, don't, don't close off on me now. If we're looking as the body of Christ to be served, we're missing it. Jesus said to the disciples, through their argument, he says, two people, someone at the table eating, being served, or someone serving the person at the table. He said to the disciples, who do you want to be? The one at the table eating, right? Jesus said, I have come to be the servant. I have come to show you how to love. Follow me? So if we, the body of Christ, come to church to be served, we got it wrong. We got it backwards. We've messed up somehow. We're missing something. We come together as a community of believers that have said yes to Jesus so that the outside world, those that are lost, can come in and see the goodness of the Father and we can serve them through love and we can say to them, this is the goodness of my Father. This is the goodness of my dad. This is what Jesus has done for me, and I am no different from you. He has done it for you as well. This is our purpose as a church is to serve. 
And when we serve through love, we're doing it right. We can only do it right if we know who we are in Christ. Say, say, Peter, I understand that, but you've said some big words, maybe words I don't understand, maybe some Christianese words today that have really thrown me for a loop. See, I'm just talking in relationship to what this is. If you haven't understood everything that we're talking about, I encourage you to keep coming back because the more you find out who Christ is and what he's done for you, what he's done for you is at your hand. He has, he has made a way where there was no way that you can step in through righteousness It's that good, and it's that easy, and I hope it's not confusing. If we struggle through our life not knowing where we are, what we're doing, who we are, we're struggling to find ourselves. It's because we're looking at ourselves. Jesus said something to the disciples. He said, to Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, you can have no part of what I'm doing. Have you allowed Christ to wash you? Because when he was killed on that Friday, an innocent life, when it was taken, gave you his righteousness. The purity that he walked in He gave that to you because he had done nothing wrong. So in us, in all our faults, in all our sin, in all of our gaps, in all of our weaknesses, in all of the issues that we carry from our day to day, in our past baggage, all that that we've done, when we say yes to Jesus, he takes care of that and we move into the purity that he's given us. And it's only through this process that we can serve out of love. Because other than that, service is given that gift, expecting something. Service is, oh, well, I'm looking for the outcome, so I'm going to do this today as a good deed because I know it will come back to me. It's not looking at ourselves anymore. It's just looking at service through love because we know who we are. Christ could wash the disciples' feet because he knew the authority that he stands in. Do we as believers that have said yes to Jesus, do you know the authority that you stand in? Because if you know the authority, then then we come to church to serve through love. We not only come to these four walls, but there's six other days throughout the week that we can walk in service. To others, to everyone around, I'm telling you, it will change your life when you understand what Christ has done for us. He'll change it on a day-to-day basis. Amen. This, to me, is service through love through what Christ has done, we can do 
And he's shown us the way, amen? He's shown us the way. No longer do I have to look to myself. It's that easy. I hope it's that simple. Can I pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your hand on today, us learning about service, us learning about your love and what you've done for us. And Father God, right now I ask if there's anyone that can hear my voice that has said, I have not allowed Jesus to wash me clean. If you're here today and you say, Jesus has not come into my life because I'm still struggling. I'm struggling to find myself. I'm struggling to see who I am and I can't see Jesus. I ask right now if there's anyone that would like to say yes to Jesus today. Say, Jesus, move into my life and take control. If you would like to say yes to Jesus, I just ask you to wave your hand at me. Say, it's time that I stop serving myself and I start serving others. But in order to do that, I have to know Jesus. I have to allow him to wash me so that I can be a part of what he's doing in lives today. Thank you, Father God. I thank you for your Holy Spirit teaching us this morning, showing us more of the Father's love through service, Father. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. For more information about our ministry here at Faith City, check out faithcity.tv.